Hi, this is Betsy Beers. I'm the executive producer of Grey's Anatomy, Scandal, and How to Get Away with Murder. And this is Shondaland Revealed, the official Shondaland podcast for the TGIT Thursday night lineup on ABC. And I am super, super excited today to have one of my best buds on my book club member family person, honestly, who actually has recommended the best reading I've ever done in my life. Oh. I still am going through my book list that you gave me, which is also really, really oh, good. Oh, nice. I got some um, And our timing on this is pretty amazing because this episode is actually named after her character because it was called Meet Bonnie. That would be Bonnie Winterbottom. Yes, it would. Amazing Miss Eliza <laughs> is here playing like herself, which is good. And she doesn't have to be Bonnie Winterbottom at this moment, which is probably good for you. That is. Because you can take is, a little bit of a it's break. It's a bit of a relief. That was an intense episode that, yes. that we just saw. Before we get into that, I'm going to talk about Liza's outfit. She looks adorable, but she always looks adorable because she's oh. like a like, little sprite. She's wearing a black and blue striped t-shirt, long sleeve t-shirt with a little gray wife beater underneath it. And I think I think it's nice it's black and blue because that's sort of Bonnie. Nice. A little yes. bit Bonnie, I think, right? Yes. And um, some cute sort of like boyfriend jeans with holes and some adorable black converse. She's adorable. And her hair is adorable. So what can I tell you? She's Thanks, just Betsy. adorable. But without being the cutesy adorable part, just fiercely adorable, I think, right? Which wow, is better. I'll take I think, it. I think that's better. <laughs> um, so brave of you to come in and talk about this episode, because this episode is just a mother sucker yes. of an episode of TV. Indeed. We are we are recording this a couple days before the episode is airing. So there, there was some some wrangling and some begging that I, that I had to do with some post-production people. So shout out to Scott Collins for setting me up at 8 a.m. this morning in the screening room. Greater luck hath no actor. So I, it is fresh in my mind. I'm still processing it, and and yeah, this is a this is a really tough one because it it's really really dense. I'm just gonna say a crap ton happens in this yeah. episode to begin with, and for you guys out there, this is literally one of my favorite episodes ever of How to Get Away with Murder so far. Like, there's something about this episode to me. All these different pieces start to fall into place, and. Everything happens so fast in this episode, too, because I, I feel like this is sort of the beginning for me. Hi, that's the phone. Remember, we're too cheap to figure out a way to turn the phones off in this office, but this is going on for People are always calling. People are always it calling. It doesn't stop. And it makes me feel <laughs> needed and wanted. It super feels like Annalise is kind of coming apart a She's little bit She's coming undone in a way that we haven't seen before, and that's really scary, I think. Is it's it? super yeah. scary, because I do sort of feel like the wheels are a little bit off the bus mm-hmm. here. The person out of this whole episode that seems to me to be driving the train right now is Frank. Yeah, Frank is really phenomenal. Frank is like, I guess when you get into a situation where you're covering up multiple murders, Mm -hmm. you've got one character who is desperately trying to track to find out what happened to his girlfriend who has disappeared or may or may not be dead, according to him. according to him. You've got the whole issue of who knows who killed Rebecca. And... You've got damn Emily Sinclair back there who's yep. just sticking her nose. She's meddling around. Into she's every single deep. piece of business. Yep. And now she's got Asher. I yeah. mean, Asher, who just, we went through all of last season thinking Asher was sort of a doof. And then you get through last season, you really kind of fall in love with Asher. Mm-hmm. And now Asher is just being put through the ringer. He has a very intense human, human moral dilemma on his hands here. It's hard. There's this amazing scene in this episode, which you guys have all seen if you're listening to this, where Bonnie goes to Asher at a bar and tries to convince him that she was the person responsible for uh, Sam's death. 
Yes. Well, that happens in the in the garage. In the garage. Yeah. That's right. Yes, and then, and and then the, the bar. The bar is sort please, of the final. Plea. Please, please, please don't yeah. testify. That parking garage scene. It's super tricky because it's not true, but it needs that story needs to be told in a in a very convincing way. You learn so much about Bonnie, and I was learning so much about Bonnie through this episode in terms of, I mean, the, the Rebecca thing for me in the beginning of the season of the choice that, that Bonnie is the one to do that was, was a big relief for me because I felt like last season we spent so much time setting up this bond and loyalty that Bonnie has towards Annalise, and it was great to have a very active event that, that backs that up. But now this sort of like web of, of lies and which is still, I guess, for the greater good. And I do think that, I think as we've gone on, we are now really starting to see that Bonnie and Asher do legitimately care about each other and that it wasn't just this one-off thing. It's it's now gotten pretty real between them. But their whole relationship is, is just a bed of lies. Even to the point where she has to lie about how she felt about him. I know. That whole thing of that night that you came, mm-hmm. was I your alibi? I know, and, she, and, and it wasn't. It wasn't. But she has to say that to make the story more believable. I know, it's and brutal. That's, that, that's actually the moment in this episode. There's obviously a moment at the end, which is gut-wrenching. But that was the moment my heart broke. Because I know, and then he says, thank you for telling me the truth. And you <laughs> think, see, the whole kind of meditation on what the truth is in this yeah. whole show, but in this episode, and this whole kind of what a lawyers do, and what a mm-hmm. judges do, and what a cops do. And I was talking to Pete the other day, and we were just sort of amazed that there's no safe occupation. There's no idealistic occupation in the world. Cause that's really interesting. We're sort yeah. of like, well, they're judges, but the judges, mm, that's squirrely. Mm-hmm. Well, they're lawyers, but they're just defending or trying to prosecute clients. So it's not a greater good thing. And then there's the cops, but then there, there are many sides to that. So you end up in this massive, yeah. sopping mess of gray, and all you sort of have is how much can you identify with the characters. Right. I know. Just hope that there's, you're glimpsing into something accessible and, and relatable. You kind of, at the <laughs> end of this episode, I think Bonnie gets the biggest get out of jail free card. That's one hell of a revelation. I was just saying to you before we started, I was like, eh. I knew that this was coming. Obviously, I knew that this was coming, and mm-hmm. we've talked about it some, but you get to that moment for me, and ever since the beginning of the season, as you said, like, in a weird way, it's not a surprise that Bonnie killed Rebecca, but it was shocking. Yeah. And the monologue that Bonnie does is... Plants those. It plants these seeds mm-hmm. of that, first of all, the amazing loyalty to Annalise, that she owes something intensely, deeply personal to Annalise, and to the point where Annalise's approval means so much to her. Yeah. But then you see the end of this episode, and I'm sort of like, I get it. Yeah, I knew that that, that there was something like that coming When did you for find a out? Little bit. It was interesting. You know, Pete, I think it was at... Upfronts was it upfronts where we did our whole photo shoot and they had the dinners yes. and all that stuff. Yes. So so you guys know that was like in May. Mm-hmm. We were in New York and we do those presentations for the network where the advertisers come and they get to see the new shows and one of the things was the TGIT actors all went in and we had a great time and yeah. we did the People Magazine EW photo shoot. Yeah, so anyway, it go was ahead. a lovely, nice opportunity to have everybody together. And then you, you, we had a dinner with, with all three shows, but that was really, really special. And towards the end of that dinner, I was a little loose, I think Pete was a little loose. I was more than a little <laughs> loose, you guys. I was extremely loose. I was very limber Yeah. at that point, very flexible. And I think it was 
Pete and I, and I think maybe Alfie was, was there, and Pete said, I'm thinking about doing this thing for Bonnie's backstory, and he told me what he was thinking, and I remember urgently having to pee, and I, was, and I also sort of needed to like, process it alone in a room, and I was like, oh, wow, okay, I, I have to use the restroom, I'll be right back, and I came back, and he had like, disappeared seemingly into, I don't know, the, the, the <laughs> night, and he was gone, and I wasn't sure, and so the rest of hiatus, I was like, should I be starting to prepare for this in any actual way? Oh Do I need to be thinking about this? Or did that really happen? Or he I, set off an atom bomb he, and he left a town. A little bit. A little bit. Oh, um. Pete, 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 Pete. But it was actually a nice, it was, it was good to sort of have that seed planted. And then um, I read a book over hiatus called A Little Life. Have you heard about this book? No. This, is, this book is quite something. That's it's, what I'm telling you. She's like a book club. Yeah. And that actually had a bunch of stuff in it sort of about abuse of a different kind, but it's generally just sort of a great accounting of pain. And then when we came back, I, Pete said, you know, I'm still thinking about that being the thing. And they said, oh, that's so interesting. I read this book over the summer and it was so helpful. And he was like, what book was it? And I said, A Little Life. And he said, I read that book too. And then, <gasps> you know. Oh, so it was, it was very nice to sort of know that we had a little bit of a psychological shorthand with each other coming into it. And, and that's been immensely helpful in thinking about all that stuff. It's know. also, <laughs> as, as I think most of the people listening to this podcast know, I mean, one of the most challenging things about working at this company very often is that you don't always know why you're doing what you're doing because mm-hmm. n- very often people don't initially, the creators of the show don't give you backstories. Right. Something that kind of evolves as I think Pete and Shonda watch the actors and think about kind of what that backstory is. And, you know, it's funny, we talk about this a lot when we were developing pilots because very often too much backstory in a pilot kills the pilot. Everything happened in a time that you weren't there. So yeah. I think weirdly as you're moving forward with a pilot you you have to be careful about what you reveal and what you don't reveal otherwise the whole thing will be stories about what happened when the audience wasn't privy to anything unless they're flashbacks yeah they're not invested in this Um, yeah it's like fascinating as you guys keep going and we're learning more and more about Annalise. I mean, Eve, like what the hell? I know. I think there's more on Frank coming yeah. and it's really fun. It is. It's, it does feel earned and I do feel like it, it is really nice to be able to get into those backstories once people are invested and craving it. I think there really is sort of a hunger to, to know more about all these people, which is which is really good. Which you guys probably share. The we share that to hunger. Know it, about yourself. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, that, it was. It's true what you were saying too before, because this is the this is actually the first season that that Bonnie is involved in Night X in a in a greater capacity than she was last season. So this is sort of the first time that we see some puzzle pieces of Night X in this episode. Bonnie and Asher in the car, and yes, again, like as we're shooting that, we don't we the the actors don't know the context of of what the the greater framework of that of that night is still. So that's been. An interesting challenge this year. <laughs> um, so you guys know we we call the flash forward that you see in the front with Annalise on the floor. We call it Night X. Yeah. Um, how did that term come up? I don't know. That's a really good. I guess maybe it's a. I wonder if it's a Susie Sachs, our script supervisor, thing because in in scripts you do need to sort of timeline days. There's day one, day two, night one, night two, or however many days the episode spans over. So I think they had to sort of put just like a moniker. On yeah. It. yeah. 
So that night, night X is the night that Annalise, we keep coming back to with Sinclair and Annalise, and we're getting kind of closer because there's that, I don't know when in time it is supposed to be, but there's that amazing scene in the gas station where I think is an homage to having to go pee when uh, Pete first told you. That's nice. It's nice well, to think there's a callback to your yeah. pee moment. Yeah. Where Bonnie just says, alone. relax, I just need to go pee. Mm-hmm. And then proceeds to do the most amazing wash-up job. Yeah, that was, that was really fun. That was one of the most... When I first read this episode, I was so excited. I mean, I've never, as an actor, been able to do so many different things in a compact little episode before. So um, it <laughs> sort of a got... Lot in this episode. <laughs> it sort of got... I kind of got, like, my action moment with the running down the steps. That was something that I was really overly excited to do (laughs) you know I I read the episode and I woke up the next day and I emailed Pete and I just to sort of gush and thank him for allowing me to do so much and that I felt like I might have dreamt that this episode existed and that (laughs) then that I was actually going to need to do all these things and Stephen Craig who directed this episode has been sort of a legend in our house for many many years he directed an episode of private practice or a couple I think and Paul my husband who has always spoken so highly of him and he's very good friends with Katie Lowe's and and he's just an amazing amazing director and it was so lucky I think to have him on this episode because he's kind of I don't know if you see him he's just sort of this walking reminder of the human condition just by looking at his face you're just like this he knows he knows what it how hard it is to be alive (laughs) and you know he's lived some yeah he's definitely lived some but he does he has he has this almost bemused look of acceptance yeah but Sometimes not acceptance. Sometimes, right. he, you know, he's an amazing director. He's one of the kindest and mm-hmm. most intelligent men I've ever met. He's people I've ever met. And yeah. he's got this lovely energy. And I think to a to an actor, everybody who works with him feels like that they're safe and they're in good hands. Yeah. And I'm glad he was directing this episode for you because this is a very vulnerable episode yeah. for so many reasons for, for Bonnie and this character. He has a gift of just sort of being incredibly succinct and precise. I mean, he, he kind of leaves you alone, but when he does say something to you, it's is so helpful. Like that scene in the bar with Asher, he was like, okay, just remember how much you're disappointing her and walked away. <laughs> I was like, great. All right. I'll think, <laughs> I'll think about that. And it was... It's devastating. I mean, it's, it's, it's devastating. I think especially for Bonnie, who, who so much of her purpose is, is to help Annalise and, and please Annalise. And, and the idea of that is shattering to her, I think. All important to her. Yeah. Yeah. You know, going back to something you said, too, which I think is really interesting, is I hadn't thought about it this way before, but season one, you were on a parallel track on Murder Night. You know, that was yeah. really... You were on your own separate track. That's right. You were going through what you were going through. You had no real connection mm-hmm. to what was going on until you put the pieces together after Murder yeah. Night. This is such a different season for you because from the first episode, you're mm-hmm. you're it. Yeah. You're in the thick of it. I'm, I'm pausing because honestly, there are like 55 <laughs> questions in my head about this because it's, it's sort of like... When I wonder, I, I don't have an answer for this. It's like the most <laughs> difficult podcast ever because I'm like, I don't even know where this is going. You do really wonder, like, when did Annalise mm-hmm. find, like, the, you're really hungry now for the, the full backstory yeah. of how this sort of like island of lost toys came together because mm-hmm. it's clearly was pivotal at some point. Frank, the same way. Yeah. 
And then what the hell was Sam? I know. Like I get so many questions about Sam. I know. And as more happens this this season, and also, I mean, Bonnie must feel so ambivalent about all this, given the fact this is all to protect those kids. Yeah, I mean, now the kids are in the fold, and it is it is a huge chess move that 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 saves them as well, which is also super interesting because it really only up until this point has everything seems to be motivated to save Annalise. It really is that that's the primary person and now it does sort of encompass the whole the whole clan. But yeah, I know we are we are definitely I think hungry for the the origin story now I think of when these two Bonnie and Annalise came together and, and how and what the timeline of that is and how many years it's been and Oh my god, and it's all like of it, but weird yeah. interdependence. It's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> it's oh, put so many things in perspective, you know, it does. It is. It is a huge eye opener. And, you know, I think we're all still rooting for Bonnie and Asher, too. I know. Yeah. I mean, I sometimes can get so caught up in the deception that that I kind of can can easily discount Bonnie and Asher. I'm just like, it's all just I mean, how are how how is this ever going to work? It's no, it's nobody not, seems to have the depth yeah. or the capacity to be able to have a real relationship, for God's sake. Yeah. But you do you do buy it when you see it. And I, I think that that also. So, you know, now that we've sort of added all these layers of humanity onto, onto Asher, that certainly helps a great deal too. But yeah, I mean, I think the more that you expose that people are struggling and fighting these battles that, that you don't have any idea about every day, it makes it more... I think after like episodes like this, when you've worked on an episode like this, you just want to go home and sleep. Yeah, this was a, this was a big one. I don't think I've ever... I felt like I'd, I've done more this season as Bonnie than, than all of last season. Oh, I think combined. definitively. Yeah. I think um, like last season, a fair amount of time was just spent. You said, go back to work a lot. Mm-hmm. Like mind your own business and go back to work. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Frank would just stand there. I think we sort of joke around on set now. We had a, a writer come on set who was like, oh, I'm noticing you don't have any lines in the scene and I'm so sorry. And I was like, hey man, you know, look, it all shakes out. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm fine. I'm, I'm really, I, I, there's no place I'd rather be. I'm fine just standing here and observing. Don't worry. Don't give me a lie. La- lay that burden it's down. Fine. It's yeah. Fine. <laughs> Charlie, Charlie Weber came in and I said, it's one of my favorite things, which is just, you just nod and react to a lot of stuff a lot. He said, I love it. He does. He does love he it. He just yeah. loves it. And you always, you guys just, every once in a while, just no matter what the scene is, check out Charlie because yeah, Frank is judging things and mm-hmm. listening to things. He's he's doing incredibly nuanced work. He's like he's, a crazy ass babysitter. Charlie Weber and I have a have a good time. We do <laughs> we we do enjoy our, our Frank and Bonnie, Bonnie and Frank shenanigans, and there there are many. Okay, so Mary and Mayor Dare Gladiator wants to know what do you and Bonnie have in common? You know, this is becoming a harder question to answer the more that, that I'm learning about Bonnie and, and the more that I, the more Bonnie unfolds, I feel like there's less and less things that, that we do have in common. Yeah. Unique uh, fashion senses, the two oh, of okay. you. You oh, both good. have very distinct fashion senses. I think you're both very loyal. Thank you. I, okay. I, that's, it seems like it's a better thing for somebody else to say. I think you're, you're a loyal, loyal person. As opposed to your, very often what I'm finding with some of these questions is it's easier for me to answer because I can say nice things about you. Um, oddly, little King Trashmouth at Strawberry Fields, and by the way, or Strawberry Fields, and it's not even oddly, it's actually kind of an, an engaging and delightful question. Where would you take Bonnie on vacation? Well, huh. I, I mean, all right. I'm a big Martha's Vineyard fan, and I feel like that's kind of my my happy place. It's been it's been a while since I've been able to go there, but it is a very special place to me as Liza and I and anybody that 
that I care about, I always want to sort of show them that place. So I'll take her there. I'll take her sit on the porch of the Chillmark General Store and have a slice of pizza with her. Just, that you know, nice. read the paper, take in the afternoon. I Maybe she could drop the pearls. She could take the pearls off. I know. I would like to see what Bonnie looks like in, in like, summer lounge wear. I'm wondering if, if it's, like, a loose summer flowy dress or, or is it if, kind if of it's like a short pants. Crisp yeah. shirt waist or, <laughs> or short pants. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I know. That, that's a maybe a question for Linda Bassett, a customer. We should talk to her about. I wonder what her vision of what that her beachwear might be. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Grace podcast wants to know: Are there songs that make you think of Bonnie? Yeah, music has been a big thing for me last season too. It's interesting. There's kind of a bunch of songs that I have on a weird rotation, and then there's songs that make me think about other characters too. Sometimes I've been listening to a lot of Okerville River lately. There's a song that doesn't make me think about Bonnie, but there's a song called Unless It's Kicks that just sort of gets me really amped up and, and loose. And then there's a song called um, A Girl in Port, which makes me think about Frank and makes me a little melancholy. Then That's I a have good playlist. This, yeah, those are some really good ones. And then last season, I listened to this Regina Spector song over and over again called One More Time with Feeling, which was also, I think, it was sort of like a weird, helpful acting one to just be like, okay, like this time you got one more shot at it, kid. Like, drop in. Even though I don't think that's what that song means. That's okay. But, yeah. you never <laughs> so all that matters at Krumagori wants to know, are you going to have more crying scenes? Because Probably. they can't take that. <laughs> It breaks my heart, they said. Thank you. I think that there's She's a probably... She's a crier, I think, actually. Bonnie? She's yeah. She's kind of a crier. I think Bonnie is, it may be crying for a bit more. There might be some more crying in our future. But I do think that that will sort of give birth to a uh, stronger, more resolute Bonnie, maybe. We'll see. How hard is it for you to cry on call? It's not that hard. And I think it's in context to what's been happening story-wise, I think it's it's been easier to access just because... This, what's been going on, seem, yeah. it seems pretty warranted, I guess. And so that that always makes it easier if, if the story that you're telling, you can sort of latch onto something and, and relate to that. Um, I'm also a fairly anxious person and, and terrified of failure. So that's also a huge motivator for me. Okay, then. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. There it is. Anxiety and failure of failure. Secret to crying. <laughs> Maddie at Ellen Pompeo wants to know if you could have Paul on how to get away with murder with character do you see him playing? You know, Leo Bergen is a pretty special character, and I do think it could work on murder. By the way, I think <laughs> Leo Bergen as a crossover would be great, right? It's It may be the only person that could cross over and, and carry through in the universes, but I don't know. Uh, but yeah, Leo Bergen could, could definitely work. He could come in and, and fix this whole Annalise thing right quick, I bet. I bet he could um, because he's fully and totally immoral, too. Yeah, he could hang with us for he sure. Could, he could totally. And we can knock him back. Um, Gabs Gabs, in a callback to uh, last season, wants to know how long did it take you to take the pillows out of your truck? I know. I favorited that one. I saw that yesterday. A nice callback. A long time, Betsy. It took me a long time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'd say that there may have been. Oh, you know what happened was I had to turn in my car because my lease ran out. And that was, the, that was the only reason that I took them out. That was the motivating factor. Yeah, because I had to return the car. And if I didn't. I think I would have kept them there the whole hiatus. I'm down with that. <laughs> I'm down with that. Julia at Miesi. I'm gonna print. I'm gonna just butcher this, Julia. But <laughs> Miesi Kiked wants to know since you do both dramatic and comedic acting, do you approach them differently? Um, it's been a while since I've done the comedy. So and we've had you firmly <laughs> locked in the drama yeah, between been, Amanda Tanner and this. Yeah, I've been locked into the drama. Um, I don't know if I do. 
that really. I think I think the thing for me, I guess, that makes comedy funny is when people are playing it for realsies. So I, I think I probably approach it from a similar similar way. But I'll let you know next. I don't know. We'll see what the next one is. <laughs> Just um, for your guys' edification, her audition for Bonnie was one of the funniest things. Was it? It was a oh, really. Oh, there was a light scene. In there that. was this. There was this really <laughs> funny monologue that Pete wrote that. I guess I'm trying to remember if it ended up in the pilot or not. It didn't. It didn't. It was a version sort of of, of the, the conversation scene. with Laurel. Yeah. It was this really, really lovely monologue about essentially kind of telling this girl who's kind of been stalking Frank to go away. To to the case in point, Julia, I'm just going to point out that it was a dramatic character, but she brought the same zest and gusto that you might have known her for on more comedic roles like Gilmore. Like the double G. Like the double G, which... <laughs> This movie had made a big pop-up on Twitter recently, too. Yes, that was the first I've heard of it was when that, that announcement came, so I can't comment further on that. Godspeed. <laughs> yeah. Godspeed to all GG fans. Yeah. It's, a, it's a great thing. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to do this and of coming course. to visit. My God. I'm glad we I got can... to do this together. This was daunting, but I'm um, happy to be here. I just, it was incredibly <laughs> daunting, and we got through it. And yeah. it's an amazing episode of television, and you just killed it in more wow. ways than one. So, thank you. <laughs> it gives that expression, I it guess. It was my honor. It was different kind of <laughs> um, But no, but thank you for coming to talk about it because I know how tough the subject matter is. And when yeah. you're immersed in it, which you still are, it's, it's difficult to get any kind of real separation. It's, it's therapeutic and cathartic. Thank well, you. wait till you see what happens <laughs> as things coming, yeah. things are coming up. On How to Get Away with Murder, Thursday, October 29th at 10 p.m., the episode is aptly called Two Birds, One Millstone, yeah. which um, I think will tell you somewhat about what direction this episode is going. Not much, yeah. but just, <laughs> I guess Ash was still in it. On Scandal, the episode is called Get Out of Jail Free, and that's on the 29th at 9 o'clock on ABC. That's a shocker. It's a really, really amazing episode because a lot happens. I know a lot happened. Always, always on Scandal, but there's an incredibly surprising turn in this one that you're really going to need to see because oh, it's, it's important to watch this episode. Next week, I want you guys to know that Grey's Anatomy will not be on, but instead there will be that amazing show that I love every Halloween. It's a great pumpkin, Charlie Brown, and that will be on at 8 o'clock on ABC. Um, Thanks for following all of our Shondaland shows on the various social platforms and getting caught up by rewatching on ABC.com or the Watch ABC app. And many thanks to EW.com for posting an exclusive first listen to the podcast every Thursday night. Don't forget to tell your friends to subscribe to this podcast at iTunes.com backslash Shondaland, where each new podcast episode is available Friday evenings. I will be back next week with a brand new Shondaland Revealed podcast with one of the lucky victims from our fine (laughs) television programs. So in the meantime, everybody have a really, really safe week. Take care of yourselves, and I'll be back talking to you next time. Bye-bye.